0: This podcast is brought to you by Alliance Motor Auctions. Has your car shit itself? Then you've got to go with Alliance. It's the easiest way to buy a quality car at a very competitive price. Located in Moorbank, New South Wales. Call 02-9822-7200 or visit www.allianceauctions.com.au. South Coast Window Furnishings. Have your window furnishings shit themselves? Then you've got to get in touch with SCWF. They service the south coast of New South Wales from Wollongong to Bermagui. Give Jamie a call for a free quote on 0408 812 007 or like them on Facebook at South Coast Window Furnishings. Elite Sports Physiotherapy. Has your back or another part of your body shit itself? Then look no further than ESP. Established in 2006, Elite Sports Physiotherapy provides physiotherapy and massage services to the people of melbourne located on the mezzanine level 13-15-1 freshwater place in south bank melbourne give them a call on 03-8640-0328 or visit elitesportsphysio.com.au today also special thanks to verse.com.au for putting the finishing touches on this podcast cheers G'day there. Thanks for listening. My guest this week is the suburban footballer himself, Tom Seagate. Tom's probably the busiest person I know. He's a husband, father to three boys, he does stand-up comedy, he has a full-time job, so I was pretty lucky even to get him for this podcast. This is Taking It Easy with Daniel Connell. Tom Siegert, thanks for taking it easy with me today, how are you? Yeah very well thanks Daniel, thanks for having me along <laughs> No worries at all mate, uh,
1: I've got you um... Episode 48, thanks for squeezing me into the top 50 mate <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've got you on on a very rare day off Yes, yeah, I've taken uh, yeah, taken the day off today. Do mm. a few
0: things around the house and uh, catch up with your good self. It's early in the morning now. It's about ten thirty, or well, not early, but it's morning still. Yep. What what has your day consisted of already? Thus far, um,
1: yeah. I was up at six a.m. with a little tap on the shoulder from Flynn, my uh, the middle of <laughs> of the three boys. So he's um, his three. Went downstairs and I uh, oh, looked looked for Elf on a Shelf. That's so, um, <laughs> Christmas time. Yeah, so I had a little search for Elf on a Shelf who I actually, actually I, I take that back, I go back about half an hour, my wife tapped me on the shoulder and said we forgot to move Elf on the shelf <laughs> so it will still be, be cling to the dinosaur like it was the day before so I had to quickly run down and move Elf on the shelf so I just tucked him behind a little picture that was on the wall so he's
0: just peering over so as the boys came down the stairs he'd, he'd be checking them out so um so the concept of elf on the shelf just for people who don't have kids it's brilliant most people may have heard of it though it's for the all yeah, of december is not
1: it i hadn't yes yeah, so that's all of december so um i'm not sure if anyone goes if everyone else goes as um gets as deep as my wife does but on the, <laughs> on the first of um of december this little uh this little door appeared, I don't know where she got it from, it's like this little door that just sticks to the wall and that's where the um Elfie came into our house, okay. through this little door and there was a, a note and it just said, you know, hello Noah, Flynn and Harry, uh, I'm going to be keeping an eye on you throughout December. Uh, every night I'm going to head back to the North Pole and tell tell Santa what you've been up to. Oh, so he goes back every night? He goes back every night, so he's a busy yeah, busy guy, and he looks surprisingly fresh when he turns <laughs> up every morning, considering the the travel, um, his nightmare schedule. Um, so yeah, so every morning, and he's in a different spot. So the boys have got to have mm. got to find him every morning, and and he just keeps keeps an eye on, him. and it's very funny, like because you really you really do have it over them for throughout December. So if they they do anything <laughs> wrong, it's just whereas the other 11 months of the year it's like, Noah, mate, don't do that and it's just like, well what what are you going to do about it? Um whereas uh in December, it's like, uh, Noah, Noah, I think uh Elfie's watching and they'll just look up at Elfie like he's a like he's a rat. <laughs> <Just> a <laughs> and a couple of times it'll be without even without even us mentioning it. You'll just see him uh yeah just mess and they'll do something something silly as they do many times throughout the day and you'll just see them, yeah just out just out one corner of there I see what uh see what old Elfie's thinking Have uh, you thought about doing
0: it twelve months of the year?
1: Uh, yeah well no, but
0: it could definitely work it
1: could <laughs> yeah. definitely, uh, definitely works so uh yeah elfie it is a great idea
0: yeah So any parents listening, get one it's worth it without a doubt, mm.
1: yeah I, I thought it was um unless your kids are left home, probably. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure you could. No, yeah, actually, that's probably a bit old. Yeah, you're <laughs> right, Daniel. So, um, yeah, so we looked for Elf on Shelf, and then um, got him ready for school, and then went for a quick run, and uh, then to catch up with the great man, <laughs> Daniel Connell. <laughs>
0: you're one of the busiest people I know. You're a husband, father of three boys, just mentioned, yes. stand-up comedian. Uh, you've got a full-time job, yes, as well. Uh, you do work for your local footy club. Now yes, you kind of yep. stopped playing a little bit, you still play the odd game. Still play the odd game, yep. So it's actually a miracle I've got you here for an hour for the podcast. It,
1: it, it is, yeah, you're very, very <laughs> lucky to, to have <laughs> me here today, Daniel. <laughs>
0: uh, you grew up in Allen's Flat, Victoria,
1: Beautiful Australia. Beautiful Alan's Flat. For those who don't know mm. where Allen's Flat is, it's about probably 20 minutes from uh, Yakandanda, and for those who don't know where Yakandanda is, it's about
0: 20 minutes from Wodonga. On the border of New South Wales and Australia. Where the mountains meet the Murray. New South Wales and Victoria, sorry. (laughs) What did you say? New South Wales and Australia. (laughs) (laughs) New South Wales and Victoria. The Murray. The the Murray, yes. Aubrey Wodonga
1: divided by the Murray.
0: What a beautiful place to grow up.
1: Oh, beautiful. Um, So I went to school. Yeah, we lived on 40 acres. Mm -hmm. So I guess just a hobby farm, a few cows, a few sheep, dogs. Had a kangaroo for a little while (laughs) um, until the authorities found out about that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, seriously, we um, found one on the side of the road
0: many moons ago. Alive? And, um,
1: yeah, yeah, and sort of looked after it. And, yeah, but authorities came and took that us. You can't just have a pet kangaroo.
0: I thought, geez, if you're going to get away with it, you'd get away with it. Somebody snitched there like yeah, how, how yeah. do they find out on a 40 oh, we would have probably told eight. everyone yeah <laughs> 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 including the authorities. probably cuz you, yeah. you were taking it to school probably gave it a bit of a dead giveaway
1: yeah so, so I went to Allen's flat primary which only which had under 30 kids at any I don't think it ever went above 30 so it was oh, always wow. around the 28 27 there's only one other kid in my grade how many teachers just two. So um, okay. so there was like prep one, two, three, and then there was another room was four, five, mm. six, so a fair bit going on.
0: Yeah. Did you get into a bit of mischief growing up uh, at that one? No, I, I was a pretty good kid then.
1: Um, <laughs> when I was grade five, because my sisters were in doing VCE or whatever it was called back then, so we moved to Wodonga. And the Big Smoke. The Big Smoke, yeah. So that was, yeah, so probably 30... 30-odd thousand in Wodonga, and that's where I probably um, did get in a little bit of strife. Um, what, sort,
0: what sort of stuff were you getting up to?
1: Oh, early days before before we were drinking. Um, so
0: like 10, 12? Yeah, 10, yeah,
1: 12. yeah. So um, I probably started at our first drink. We are probably fairly young, like 14 or so, um, 15. But um, before that, did a lot of egging and mm. but your basic country vandalism, which is hilarious to a... 13-year-old boys yeah. sneak a lot of – he used to do a lot of nick knocking and was it roof-rocking? Roof roof-rocking, yeah. Roof-rocking, get a fistful of stones and just in the middle of the night because we'd all sneak out and meet down in a park and you get a fistful of little rocks, gravel rocks, and chuck them up on just random people's roof. roof. And just it's in the name, and, isn't it? Roof-rocking. Yeah, roof-rocking. Yeah, roof Looking back, it would have been absolutely terrifying if you're just sitting at home and all of a sudden <laughs> – <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just
0: yeah, normal, um, normal trouble. Yeah, I wonder if it's... roof rocking has fallen away in the last ten, twenty years. I used yeah. to do it as well. We used to roof yeah. rock country town as well. Yeah, but I don't. I I can't remember hearing of anybody going roof rocking. I've got nephews, and I don't think they roof rock. The no. computer games and things have taken. It's a shame. Yeah, left the um, rocks on the tin, ground.
1: Uh, tin roofs is um prominent these days mm. maybe that's maybe the tall roof has killed the roof rocker <laughs> <laughs> it'd be a bloody shame i tell you what it was good fun and um but roof rocking was fairly easy because it was you could launch it from a distance mm. and you were yeah uh, you were 500 meters down the road before mm. that even got to the front door but the door knock now that was uh nick knocking was what that was yeah. you just basically knock, knock and run door. yeah knockers so you call it fairly, nick knock yeah nick knocking and um, it's called knock and run in new south Wales. Mm. well that it's exactly what we did. You'd knock and then run, so it's probably, probably the better name for it. But we did a lot of that. Did you ever get
0: caught? I We, oh. had, we had a bad experience. Um, okay. little place outside of Bateman's Bay called Long Beach. I was out there staying at a mate's and we did this and we met with some other mates that were having sleepovers. It was probably like 13 or 14. Yeah. And we got eggs and rocks um, and away we went around Long Beach. Yeah. And... Yeah, we were just kind of walking away from a place just giggling and then we just heard, right, you little bastards, yeah. like that, and this big man just come bolting up behind us and I legged it and he got he grabbed one of our friends, Mark, and like pinned him to the ground and Mark's screaming like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're like in the bushes in the dark, going, let him go, let him go. <laughs> it was a scary time.
1: The only time – or well, two things – I used to have this great um, – it was like a super soaker. I had a back, backpack and a big a – big, you'd hold this gun and, jeez, it blew with some power. And um, and I was under a bridge, heaps of us under this bridge, and we were just shooting cars. I think it was a hot day. We were shooting cars, driving past, trying to get it in their window, and then just not even running, just staying there. And, and I remember the cops came around and did this. There were three cars, did this big bust on us and um, and took us down the police station. And we had to sweep, I'm not sure uh, – if you could legally do this, but they made a sweep the entire two levels of the um, of the police station, and um, I think they got our parents down for that one, but yeah, my parents got a few calls from the police, but nothing actually, there was one at school. I took an egg we used to have school discos, and I took an we all took eggs, and it was <laughs> the big thing was because it was packed in uh so it was a basketball court, but indoors. We had a disc up on the start, a DJ up on the stage, and um, and what you do is just get your egg and you you just lob it, and <laughs> with no idea where it was going to land, and um, and you just hear this, oh yeah. and you, you'd know that it it had hit someone or whatever, and um, and I was at the back, and I've had a always had a custard arm, never been a good good thrower, <laughs> and I was at the back, and someone said, throw it at the DJ, and I said, I said no dramas, and thinking. You know, I'll get the heroics of throwing it at the DJ, and I know I'm not going to hit him, so no, no, uh, mm. no, found no harm. And I, so I've launched it from the back, and the moment it left my hand, I just thought, "Fuck me, that is going to hit him." And, uh, <laughs> and so he's up there um, doing his thing, and it hit him right in the Adam's apple, and, um, and this poor bloke. And I still. I'll, ne- I'll never forget it. And he went down like he'd been shot. And, uh, and it must have he must have had the um the old vinyls because it went down and it sort of went, woo, 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 and the music sort of, and, and he just turned up and you just hear these, who the fuck was that? And, uh, From him? Yeah, yeah, he was <laughs> not happy. And so they've turned all the lights on. And we were, at, I think there was still an hour and a half to go in this Shit. disco. All the lights on, and all the kids had to sit down and wait. And the and this um so I would have been probably grey year eight, and I remember there was a girl in year ten who I adored. She was beautiful, and she <laughs> was the um like the school student leader. Mm. And she got up, and she was like in tears, saying, "We put so much work into this. You've you know you've whoever it is you've ruined this girl." And Ra and <laughs> Did I'm your mates all? Just- or- no, everyone. quiet. You've never seen a rumor spread more quick. Don't tell anyone it was Tom Segat. I won't. <laughs> Don't tell anyone it was Tom. Se- and it just sprint And I'm just sitting there going, oh, I am so fucked. And, um, <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, and I got, I got through that night. We all had to sit through. I didn't fess up. And um, and we all. Had to, and then the following morning, I called to the office, and someone dobbed on me. I think I got suspended for a week. Really? Yeah.
0: Off school for the egg throw. Yeah, the egg throw. I'm got him a beauty. Fuck. Right in the Adam's apple. Yeah. And did you ever get to go on a date with the girl in Newtown?
1: No, no. Nope. She was... Um, Put
0: the black line through your name
1: after that? Yeah, fair enough. I thought I was, I don't know, a bit immature. <laughs> 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 but she respected my arm. <laughs>
0: she, knew, she knew a good throw when she, when she saw one. Aussie Rules football has been a big part of your life. Massive. Yeah. Life, How old yeah. were you when you first had a kick? I played
1: my first game of football for Yak and Dander, so it would have been under ten. So I reckon I would have been maybe eight mm-hmm. when I played my first game. And um didn't love it straight away. But um yeah, by the time I was ten was yeah, it was just absolutely hooked. Yeah. Absolutely hooked. Obsessed, I would say. As in like just practicing in the backyard. Yep. Doing um, the- it was before Telly was on before Footy was on TV. Every, every day And I had this one game The 1987 Preliminary final Hawthorne versus Melbourne And that was the only game I had on video <laughs> And I would watch it And I, I reckon I only had the second half And I would I reckon I watched that 500 times And that was Without exaggeration what? And I still To this day I'm 41 I can commentate The last 10 minutes Word for word <laughs> And it's a very famous game Where Jim Steins Ran through the mark Yeah um, How long have we got? we got 10 minutes <laughs> <laughs> But, um, and, and I would just, yeah, and my, I was big into Star Wars before then. And when I was probably nine, all my Star Wars men became footballers. And I put little <laughs> bits of tape around their legs. And I remember, <laughs> and I had Carlton and Collingwood. And I remember, um, like Darth Vader was Stephen Kernahan because yeah. I never liked him. So I, um, so I put a little tape and I'd get my parents to write Kernahan. So is that a rough Yeah. Um, no, a no, big, fairly big guy yeah. um, Had a mullet So I yeah, attended the yeah. um, Darth Vader's helmet was ah. mullet. And the Stormtroopers were like Wayne Johnston And Luke yeah. Skywalker was um, Dacos It was my <laughs> favourite and, and I had a whole I'd lay them all out And they'd be um, Had a whole team um, yeah, It was good So yeah loved Loved my footy But funnily enough The uh, Under 12s Under 10s grand final In Yak and We used to play every Every second week In under 10s but the, and we won the preliminary final to make it to the grand final. And I remember, um, I got, so two weeks later, we we're going to be playing in the grand final. And I remember it was the morning of the grand final. And, um, and I had all my gear in on and I was ready to head to my, to the grand final. And I just heard my dad in the kitchen just going, fuck, oh, fucks. Oh, how are we going to tell him? And, um, and I was like, well, what's, Mum, no, yeah, what's, what's going on? And, um, and they sat me down. And they said, Tom, we're really sorry because we didn't live in Yak so I didn't know any of the other players mm. on the uh, on the team. I didn't see them at school or anything like that. Um no, they sat me down and said, Tom, we're so sorry. The grand final was a week after the prelim and so it was actually last week. So you missed, what? You missed the grand final. How um, does that
0: happen? Well, How I did mean, your
1: parents not know? Well, these days, you know, it'd be social media and, yeah. and it'd be so easy but – Back then, it was just a bit of paper you're stuck on the fridge, and and.
0: But no one entire, on your team was like, "Where's on the day?" Where's-? Well, sadly, not.
1: Um, <laughs> <laughs> look, it was fairly riffraff, sort of under tens.
0: Oh, that's field. heartbreaking!
1: Heartbreaking, and I and I. Cause that's the age, like
0: t- eight, ten. So that's the age where you are so passionate about yeah. whatever your sport is, mm. like. And oh, I bore,
1: baw- oh. I, I literally bored my eyes out for hours, and my mum sat me down and said, "Tom, you're nine years old. You're going to get a chance." you are playing lots more grand finals for the rest of your life. And I played football for nearly another 30 years and never played in a grand final. Fuck. <laughs> oh,
0: man. Yeah, no, so that was uh, That's why I see where all that anger came from and that DJ <laughs> copped it in the neck yeah, with an egg a yeah. couple of years later. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, horrible. So, uh, yeah, so sadly that was, uh, wasn't to be. <laughs> Uh, so you were pretty handy going through the, the ages as you got older? Oh, better than handy, mate. Better than handy. <laughs> no, no, look, I was,
1: a, I was one of that. I was a, I was a good, um, pretty good junior. So I, I won, like, league BNFs mm. in, in under 12s and that sort of thing. And then I mm. um, was probably pretty good 13s and 14s. Was, and, was
0: AFL draft ever in your periphery? No,
1: not, not at all, not at all.
0: Was there not, kids in your area that
1: did go to the Yeah, draft? a few of my really good mates got drafted. Mm. Um, Daniel Bradshaw, who went on to play... Um, it, so he was on my team growing up through 13s 14s 15s 16s 18s mm-hmm. um he played a lot of games with uh brisbane Luke true played in his team he got drafted yeah there were a few a lot of people getting drafted around our uh, uh, around our group but i was i was very s- small and mm. um probably shit scared of the contested footy <laughs> uh, <laughs> and um and I'm, in that when i was um 17 when people were getting drafted i was yeah just intimate into my drinking and yeah, yeah I was yeah. uh yeah the wheels had certainly fallen off but then I got a bit probably improved again when I was 22 when I moved down to Melbourne got got back in there was a mm. yeah a few years there. I was probably drinking a few bit
0: too much. <laughs> <laughs> um how'd your high school then go towards when you were 17 18 you were in Wodonga at this stage?
1: Yes, yeah, so I moved to Wodonga, so I went to high school at Wodonga High mm-hmm. um, and was never a v- very good student, never, never really enjoyed, <laughs> um, actually I enjoyed school but um, didn't enjoy the, the class as much, had a great social life, <laughs> great social life. So, um, But I managed to get through, didn't fail, so I got to year 11 and then... Um, had an opportunity to do an AFS, which is, stands for American Field Services Exchange Program, where I was going to go to Canada and um, I was going to graduate. Sorry, what's the, what's the, what's it called? American? American Field Services. And um, it, it was, it was something, to, it was, it started in America and it was okay. something to do with peace in the world and, um, mm. and it was to do with the, um, uh, I think the ambulance or the, I've got no fucking idea what it is, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> but it was called AFS and, um, yeah, so it was an uh, exchange program. So I went to Canada and was meant to graduate from my year 12 in Canada in um, a town called Bedford, which is about probably 45 minutes from the capital of Nova Scotia, which is well off the beaten track.
0: So you are about 16, 17? 17. Uh, 17, 17. When we they tur-
1: turned 18 there. is that a bit daunting
0: for a from the oh, country it was.
1: and it was um and it was probably right towards the end of um like i think if you did it now it would be a completely different experience so, so i can just jump on facebook and find out what everyone's doing yeah we yeah. were li- literally cut off so i was only allowed to call my parents on the phone once a month and um so that was but the only time you were only
0: allowed to yeah yeah they encouraged it to be a complete cut off oh. um sounds a little bit culty or something yeah um you were in a cult and you weren't aware it- of it
1: Maybe, maybe that was um, it was yeah and it, and back then it was like if I spoke to my parents for twenty minutes it was it was a hundred 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 and something dollars like it was oh, it cost yeah. a fortune to so call so how long were the calls? Yeah, pretty pretty short and sharp <laughs> <laughs> um, and um, so yeah so once a month we'd um, call back and I was pretty much cut off. We used to write letters. We were mm-hmm. encouraged to write letters backwards and forwards, and my parents would send me. Newspaper clippings, so I'd see how my local Wodonga Bulldogs team and telling how, you how how, we were how many traveling. more grand finals you missed. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> five posts. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yeah, so so I spent a year over there, and that was uh, an amazing year. So that was a year that yeah I look back on very very fondly because. I was there for a week and I was meant to study maths off and graduate and that was going to set me up for life. And then I went to this school and school over there is so cool. It's, uh, it's just year 10, 11, 12 and, yeah, you know, they've got sports, everything and they have the pep rallies and all that mm. sort of thing. And um, so about a week in I got called into the office and uh, the principal sat me down. He said, Tom, there's been a bit of a balls up with the um, paperwork and you're – year here isn't gonna count um, academically. So <laughs> you're gonna to have to go home and do year twelve again. <laughs> and my first thought was, what a disaster. My second thought was, How good's this? Uh, I said, Do I do I stay here? And they said, Yeah, well you you stay. And I said, So my so I was basically a year off like a like a gap year. Yeah, a gap year. So so I changed all my classes. So I took year 10, 11, 12 gym. He had 10, 11 12 PE, and he made me do um he made me do basic math and basic English, and I basically played sport all day every day. <laughs> I was great. yeah, and I was on the track team, cross country team, rugby team. I was on the uh, ski team, and I couldn't even ski. And I was just just every sports team I could make, and I just I just played sport as a full time. athlete. <laughs> it was unreal. Yeah.
0: When you were standing outside the principal's office before you went in, was he going fuck? Fuck. Now <laughs> yeah, we gotta tell him. <laughs> Jeez, he took that well. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I was wrapped. The downfall was I had to do year twelve again when yeah. I got back. Yeah. So it, was it similar to Degrassi Junior High? Did you watch Degrassi? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Was that the sort of life you lived over there?
1: Yeah, it was. Oh, it was so cool. Like it was the big, this big one building. Um, so it was one big three-story brick building. Um, the school. The school, yeah. With this, because um, it's cold. Like got to minus twenty in in winter. So oh, you yeah. pretty much live in these. Buildings and in the middle of this um, building was the basketball court or stadium where the teams played, and mm. um, the, the rugby field was just next door. And it was it was just really cool. So so school was everyone lived through their school playing sport. They, you pretty much played school sport like here you play club sport. Mm-hmm. School sport was everything over there. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. Yeah. School. Your life was just based around around school. Um, was,
0: was there any sports that they only do that you took to really well because you wouldn't have been able to kick a play any sort of well, AFL? I, well, I
1: played Union. So I was on the yeah. Union team, which… um bit which different. I, a little bit different, but I did a few things that I remember the first time I, I played. I, I was fairly fit back then and it was reasonably quick, so I played out in the wing and um, and I they threw it back and, and I was going to kick it and I went to kick it. And I figured this guy might smother this, so I sort of sold a dummy, and I, and I stuck my hand out and sold a dummy and went around him. And um, people had never seen anything like that before. And, and in, in footy, it's like the oldest move in the in the, the yeah. trick in the book. And you know, I just heard the crowd go. And we used to get quite a lot of people to our games, and everyone's oh. I was like, what? "What? This guy's a genius!" But, um, yeah. So I had this one move, which which uh, didn't really cover the fact that I couldn't tackle. So I couldn't
0: <laughs> couldn't do
1: anything else required to play union but geez I had this move
0: and the parties the, uh, oh, the parties would have been
1: unbelievable yeah mm. so um but it, they were very strict very parents that's one thing I found because I went over there as 17 year old and I'd had a good two or three years probably three years of drinking that my parents were aware of and could pretty much do whatever whatever we wanted back in the country and and, um, and other parents were you know, they kept an eye on us but they were pretty uh, free with the with the drinking and so forth. And when we went over there, the drinking age was 19 and they were so strict and mm. it really affected the relationship people have with their parents. Like, people didn't have great relationships, I didn't think, with their parents because everyone was sneaking around drinking and mm. even at 18, if you were caught drinking, it was a massive no-no and you'd be having a big barney with your parents and mm. you'd be getting grounded and it was just <laughs> weird. But my... And this is – I mean, I could talk for days about this, but my parents over there – and I assume they'll never listen to this, but um, (laughs) but they were – I was the last – they'd had an exchange student – I think it was like nine years in a row. So I think – I'm sure nine years ago they were really into it, wanted to have an exchange student and they were going to spend time with them. And by the time it got to me, I was the very last exchange student they had <laughs> and they were so over it. Like they were, <laughs> And I, I don't think they wanted me. I think it was they didn't have enough exchange parents for – for students who were coming over, so, so I went and lived with them. And, they, and I had a great – I've got a great relationship with them now. I caught up with them recently in the States, but they were – I had so much freedom. Like I would be out for days. I would, walk out, I would walk out on a Friday and wander back in on a Sunday, no questions asked. And I had, I had parties at my house. This is without exaggeration. There would have been 300 people. And, and they would um, – you literally could not have fit another person into these – this three-story house—it was amazing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we used to, we used to, yeah, be out every, um, yeah, be out quite a bit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was a good, it was, a good, it was yeah. a good year. It was a wake-up call when I came back.
0: You're listening to Taking It Easy with Daniel Connell. Hey, before we go back to the podcast, I want to tell you about someone. That someone is Melbourne-based photographer Nicole Reed, One of the most sought-after photographers going around, Nicole has taken photos for all sorts of people. Comedians like Peter Hellyer and Anne Edmonds, musical acts like the Hilltop Hoods, and sports stars like Buddy Franklin. If you want to see how great her work is, I suggest you head over to her Instagram page. It's Nicole Reed Photographer. While you're at it, you may as well jump on her website, which is www.nicolereid.photography. Get in contact and book in a shoot today. Now, let's get back to the podcast. Yeah, so you come back to Wodonga. Came back to Wodonga. Do another year 12. Yeah. And yeah. then after that, what did you do around Wodonga? Did you have jobs? Did you have anything that you wanted to be at that point?
1: Yeah, so year 12 didn't go great. Um, <laughs> I was um, – so I only got like 20, like maybe 24 out of 100,
0: which opened up a lot of doors. <laughs> 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 so so that's was, that's 24 out of 100 in, what do you call that? In the truest form Like
1: that was, you know, nowadays it may be Oh that's something So, so it's it called was, VCE it was, so it is. I think it was, it was VCE back then Yeah, yeah. I, I'm surprised I got that Like I I didn't go to class I, <laughs> I yeah, it was a very, it wasn't wasn't great we, <laughs> we, we used to go out every Wednesday We used to go out every Thursday We'd we'd um have a quiet night Friday Because we'd play footy on Saturday And we'd go out Saturday night, and I, I don't think I studied the entire year. Yeah, so.
0: Were you playing with. Uh, you were playing first we're grade then?
1: Uh, maybe reserves or a few senior games. Yeah, there. yeah, So you,
0: you're hanging around with men? With men, yeah, who, yeah, yeah, yeah. Love Who've, a drink. Yeah,
1: and a lot of my mates had apprenticeships, and mm. I, like in hindsight, I should have done it. Shouldn't have gone back to school. I should have just got an apprenticeship. <laughs> cause there was no point in me being there. But yeah, so didn't have a lot of. Um, yeah, certainly wasn't uni well, – well, funnily enough, the course I wanted to get into, you only needed 55 to get into and it was a local course, uh, business marketing. And I went over and met with the guy from the from the uni and said, look, I've, I've had an off year. My, my parents separated that year when I came back mm-hmm. and I used that as – there was no way that was the reason I was um, – <laughs> I, 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 uh, I went so um, went so poorly in year 12. But that was my uh, – I, I said, oh, yeah, I've had a rough year. Rah rah, and he – yeah, he sort of fell for it, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> And he said, "Okay, we'll we'll put you um, we'll put you in for yeah, we'll let you come into this course because we're able to do that. Get locals. We've got a couple of spots." Mm. And I said, "Fantastic. I'm not going to let you down." Um, <laughs> and then um, so I was two weeks into that course, and I got called into his to his office, and he said, "Tom, you've got a decision to make. Next Tuesday is the cut off date. If you drop out of this course before then, you don't have to pay." a cent and if you go beyond that you've got to pay for the first semester and I was like are you do you have this meeting with everyone um <laughs> no, nope just just you so. <laughs> and I said well I'm uh, I'm picking up what you're putting down yeah. so I um yeah so I dropped out of uni before I had to pay a cent so it was the sh- most short-lived um uni and I was I was enjoying it, so all I'd done is O week and and another week on top of that, and I was I, I was somehow a month behind, you know. It was phenomenal. So I got a job at the meatworks. After that, meatworks did a lot of bit of labouring, um, sunny crust, stack and bread, um, just good. Got career. sacked from all all of those. No, 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 no. Um, just move, move it around from one to the other. That was that, and then, <laughs> and then when um, wanted to go back overseas to so see what was getting was missing, what was going on over in Canada. Went back, did another year over there, did another half year. So oh, first okay. half of the year, travelled around Australia, fruit picking mm-hmm. um, up Batlow and uh, Griffith. Went went um, working in a chicken factory in Griffith, <laughs> <laughs> and actually played a bit of footy up in Griffith, which was pretty cool. Um, lived in a lived in a tent for for three months. Nice, yeah, in a caravan park. Um, so life's going pretty well. Yeah, so living in, a, so probably 21, living in a tent, <laughs> working at a chicken factory, um, yeah, no girlfriend, no nothing, um, parents proud as punch at this stage. So then, um, so I went overseas and I, with a good mate of mine and yeah, so did that for six, six months and then w- went through the United States and spent a month in Mexico at the end and and then, yeah, it was – I came home and it was probably time to get my shit sorted because <laughs> I was, <laughs> hadn't done a great deal. Um,
0: and that was – you moved to Melbourne. Moved to Melbourne, uh, yeah. So what What was the attraction of Melbourne at the time?
1: I think uh, Wodonga was just a bit small after mm. after travelling the world. And, um, and I, like, it was funny. I didn't want to let go of Wodonga. Like, I loved Wodonga Footy Club. So mm. when I first moved down to Melbourne – Got a job in Melbourne, but I was still travelling home every every weekend to play footy mm. for Wodonga. I had a girlfriend in Wodonga. Yeah, but that was a pretty disastrous move because I was just exhausted. You know, first time sort of working a, a real job that I had to take fairly seriously. And, um, yeah, every Friday night getting in the car, beating traffic, driving yeah. down, having to play footy, yeah. drinking uh, every Saturday night, I'm in a relationship down there, which is probably not going great because we we never see each other. And, uh, and, um, and then driving home, hung over on the Sunday, and going yeah. to work feeling like shit. And yeah. so I started the year in the in the seniors. I played the year before finals in the ones. And um, by the end of that year, where I was travelling, I think I was barely getting a kick in the two. So, <laughs> so I thought I'd better if I'm going to live in Melbourne, I'm going to you know cut my ties with Wodonga and find a footy club down here. And yeah. Yeah, so I made the move, found a footy club down in Melbourne, and I had a job doing an apprenticeship as a uh, dental technician, doing orthodontics, (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: (laughs) which was a bit different. After all the stuff you said, (laughs) that is the last thing I thought you were going to say, stacking bread at a at a bakery or was it Meatworks? Yeah, yeah. Now you're working with people's teeth.
1: Well, I was always, I, I was just basically going for every job that came up and I, I didn't even know what a dental technician was and I, 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 w- I went for this job and I was always pretty good with my hands and um, and, uh, and all the interview was, they had a bit of a chat and they were, my boss and and all the guy that interviewed me was just a, a really good bloke, he loved his footy and so we were just talking about footy and then I had to make a cube out of uh, out of wax, so I had a wax um, little Bunsen burner and I had a scalpel and he just gave me this big pile of wax and I had to cut it all up and make a cube and and I was um just working away and I was looking and I looked over the other there were five of us in a row and I was thinking geez my cubes looking fairly good compared <laughs> to a, some of the shit these guys are dishing up so uh, yeah sure enough I, I got the job so so I worked for four years as a uh as a dental technician
0: <laughs> uh you started comedy age 25 roughly yeah roughly about 2003 yeah 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 uh what made you interested in stand up it seems everything you've said so far seems that the stand up's not really no well in your-
1: so um i was always spoke at my mate's 21st and 18th speeches and oh, okay. i would love it like mm-hmm. i guess that was that was the comedy scene in in Wodonga. <laughs> and i was and um and i even got up like when i probably shouldn't have been you know, like maybe, you know, you get your best made up. Sometimes I might be a fair way down the pecking order, but we'll get, we'll get Tom because he goes all right on the speeches. And whereas other people would just get up and tell silly stories, I used to really practice and rehearse and I just loved it. Loved getting a laugh. And I really didn't know what stand-up comedy was until one day I was on a, a date with a girl and we're sitting at the front of the ESPY having a drink. And someone went around handing out flyers, and there was a show starting in the Gershwin Room in about half an hour. And she said, "We should go check it out." Mm. And I said, "Yeah, no worries." And I'd never seen stand up on television, or never seen live stand up or anything. So we went went at the back, and um, uh, yeah, and there was there was a guy called Greg Fleeton, who mm-hmm. uh, who now I know. Fairly well, and um, and so he was probably he was the headline act, and still to this day, I don't reckon I've ever laughed that hard in my <laughs> life, and um, and I remember the girl I was on the on the date with who I've have barely seen since. She, she you'd said,
0: hope so, she, giving you married with three kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> I don't even think we went on another date after that, but um, but she, I remember her <laughs> saying, "Wow, you should do that. You should do that." And I was thinking, "Yeah, no, I'd I'd, I'd love to do it." And it seriously took me probably three years before i had the balls to do it but my job as a dental technician i was i didn't move i just sat there working on these little uh models and i just had a bit of paper next to me and every, every day whenever i thought of something i'd write it down and um and uh, yeah eventually got the balls got the balls to do it and where was your first gig it was part of Raw. Okay, uh, and I know a lot of people get their friends and family to come along to the first gig. I was the complete opposite, so I told my flatmates, I was living with a couple of mates um, that I was seeing a girl at the time, so which gave me a opportunity to you know have a shower, put some clothes on, and um and head out, and no questions asked. You know, come <laughs> back at, come back at eleven o'clock, looking demoralized. And- <laughs> I just thought I had a shit day. Yeah. <laughs> really i had a shit gig. So um so that was my first one. So I didn't tell anyone I was doing it for probably twenty gigs. I was sort of sneaking out, living this secret life and the first gig went went okay. Probably got enough laughs to um think I could do it. I told myself I'd do ten. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can buy the third one. I'd decided
0: that I'd it's what I wanted to do. Yeah. Yeah. Did you you wore a tracksuit, didn't you, as well? When you uh, for a
1: while, so I probably went a couple of years without the tracksuit, and then I bought—I don't know—like looking back, I don't know what I was doing, but I had this <laughs> skin-tight females Adidas tracksuit that I used to wear, and I was like this character when there was this brown tracksuit with gold and um, Adidas stripes, <laughs> and I used to yeah just come out in the tracksuit, and I was, I was very deadpan, mm. and uh, yeah, and and then one day, uh, whenever if I didn't have it, I'd, I'd stress out. I was like, oh, I can't work without my. Without my tracksuit. And um, one day I, was, I, I went to my car and someone had smashed the window and taken my bag with the tracksuit. Oh, and, no. and I was like, oh, fuck it, that's probably, yeah, probably a good sign to, to move on. And,
0: Do you yeah, think I, it was another mate, a comedian or someone? <laughs> <that it interests? laughs>
1: and, uh, yeah, I don't, don't know why I wore that tracksuit, but I, um, I, I stuck with it for probably two or three years, I reckon.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it was stupid. Do you have any nightmare experiences in those first few years?
1: Yeah, so so I started about the same time as Troy Kinney, mm-hmm. uh, Dave Thornton and Monty Franklin. So we were all, we used to do a lot together and we put together this group called um, called Ear Candy where we used to go around and um, we used to just sell ourselves to to footy clubs and we did a gig at a footy club, which will remain nameless because I've since been back there and they're lovely. <laughs> but, um, but for a little while there I thought they were the a fair old pack of cocks, because <laughs> they, um, yeah, they said it was going to be this great night. They were going to fill the room, two hundred odd people. They'd abandoned after us, and we got there, and there must have been twenty people max in this room that would have could have held three hundred, and there was just a bad vibe. You got the feeling that they want, they were looking for an out, looking for a way not to pay us, and they, but we're, what, actually, what were they going to pay? Uh, well, we were actually booked through a, a agency yeah. um, and I think we were getting maybe $200 each, which we were, I mean, that just blew our minds. Mm. I mean, nowadays you look back and I, we're, we were clearly getting ripped off. But, um, <laughs> but to get four comedians for, for what we thought was 800, $800 and putting on a full night's entertainment. Anyway, the, um, the gig, as you can imagine, it went terribly because there was no one, no one there to even laugh. And Dave Thornton got up last and, and someone just yelled out, and he was going badly, as, as we all had before him. And he was the last one. We just had to get through Dave, and um, we were out of there. And this bloke just yelled out, about three minutes in, you're a cockhead or something like that. And Dave just said, all right, thanks for having us. Uh, have a good night, and walked off. And as we walked off, these two giant blokes were just standing backstage just uh, what the fuck was that? You know, I can't believe we're paying for this shit. And you could tell they were they were trying to get out of paying for yeah. it because of the night had actually... Obviously done it. They've done their nuts on this function and um, and they were getting – and I, I'd been talking to them and I've sort of had the footy angle so I'd been chatting with them and I was like, oh, yeah, guys, i was settled down and Troy was – I remember Troy was a bit fiery you know? <laughs> <laughs> and It was, and it was just – it was – it was pretty bad. And then they said, I can't believe, and I can't remember the exact amount, but it was something like, I can't believe we're paying two and a half grand for this shit. And, uh, and we just said, uh, what? And as it turns out, this agency that had booked us oh, had taken no. two-thirds of the money. So that sort of got us from getting our heads punched in. But as we walked out, so these two So guys, you
0: said we were only getting. yeah,
1: Oh, yeah. We were like, well, just so you know, we're. Yeah. I'm not that happy about that either, because we're only getting a couple of hundred bucks each. So we've um so these two guys were backstage were cool so they were cool with us, sort of. And and they were going to take it up with the with the company. And anyway, so we as we've walked out, there were the other twenty people were outside wanting to kill us and they didn't know about this money situation. Mm. And they pretty much formed this this walk of shame as we had to walk through them all. And they sort of just walked <laughs> with us. To the car, and we just go oh, shit. <laughs> oh, no. so, so we've gotten the car, and um yeah, just laid a big patch in there. Uh, <laughs> got about a hundred meters down the road. Yeah. Fuck it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, oh. uh and just talked about it the whole way home. Obviously, and I'll, I'll put that there. It's been a, it's been a few horrific uh, incidents, mm. but um,
0: that's that was up there, isn't it? Definitely the closest to getting getting punched up. <laughs> uh. Around the same time you started stand up, you started a job with a company called Sandalford Hardware. Correct. And you're still with them today. Still with 16, them today. So 16, 16, years, seven, yeah, Sixteen years. Sixteen years later. Seventeen years. Um, Did you think you'd you'd lasted a job for that long?
1: But um, actually, this job came directly from the dental technician job. So my boss there went into business with um with my current boss, and okay. um so I so he could see that I wasn't really loving the dental technician thing um so he got me over to Sandalford and um yeah just a amazing family company the global now isn't it yeah 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 so it's and it's it's grown a lot mm. since um since my time there um so we I think when I started we had um maybe 15 products in Bunnings a handful of letterboxes and um now we've got it's around the 1200 in in Bunnings and oh, obviously wow. Bunnings is growing mm. hugely and it's in new zealand and we're also in minor 10 and office works and uh yeah and uh, in, in the uk yeah so it's uh and I've, I've been lucky enough to be be a part of that and it's a job a job that i look on paper if you'd say selling letterbox <laughs> selling letterboxes it doesn't scream excitement but uh, but oh, it's it's not so much about the actual the actual role i guess it's about the the People I work with and my mm. bosses, Sue and Richard, are amazing and they've given me a lot of freedom. Mm. And, and uh, yeah, I don't think I could do any other job and comedy mm. I- in sync like I do.
0: Yeah, because yeah. it's interesting. You, as I say at the start, you're one of the busiest people I know, but you, you're a stand up and the work you get from stand up, and, and we'll talk about the suburban footballer soon, is enough to survive. And well and truly, you could live off that and be a full time comedian. But what made you stay? At a full time job, most people might do that for four or five years into their comedy career. Yeah, and when things things start to kick off a bit. You, you put the job to bed and push yep. on with that. What, what made you stay?
1: Well, in full time work, sadly, it's probably um, probably two reasons. I'm probably a bit chicken shit to, uh, <laughs> to, to to buy the. If if I had a shitty job that I hated. I think it would have been a no-brainer. And that's why it's been a bit of a catch-22 with this because I've talked to a lot of comedians that, um, you know, they were just desperate to get out of pulling beers or making coffees or, you know, digging holes or whatever they were doing. But I was actually lucky that I I knew, as I said, I mean, I didn't excel at school, didn't, uh, haven't achieved much. (laughs) <laughs> uh, um you know a- academically so mm. I-, I could never get a job like like this again so mm. that's a job that i've worked my way up yeah and i you don't want to let it go i don't want to let i don't want to let it go mm. and, and look i don't mind i don't mind work and i, I like being busy and i mm. question i know i could I-, I could definitely do more comedy if mm. i wasn't doing the job but how much more is yeah, yeah like yeah like, um yeah would i be out riding every day i don't i don't know and mm. at the moment comedy's just just great! I love it. It's a yeah. it's a bonus. And if a gig cancels, like fantastic. Yeah. So I I get the Friday night off. Whereas I speak to some comedians, and if a gig cancels, they're they're pretty dirty. Yeah. And yeah. um and at, look, I guess I don't really need it that mm. much, which is which is nice. Yeah. Maybe one day I'd love to, you know, to pay the house off, and we've got mm. three boys under under six. So if things aren't cheap. I don't know. <laughs> 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 well, if they're like me, I won't be
0: paying for university. Fees anyways. <laughs> Get a job down at the <laughs> local meatworks. <laughs> uh and, and if you weren't busy enough a few years ago you started a character. You started a Facebook page first called yeah, the suburban, suburban footballer. footballer. yep. It took off instantly, didn't it? Yep. You started putting yeah. up uh, basically the the idea is that it's a it's just sort of like a washed-up third, fourth-grade footballer who thinks he's much better than he is. He yeah, is. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. you put up <laughs> weekly posts and yeah, you built, yeah, built yeah, the yeah. following up and then a couple of years after it started to take off, you created a live show. Yeah. and oh, was just- It was a
1: slightly different order. So I had the um- – Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> No, it was that order, but it was part of a plan. So, so, so I was confident I could write a, a show. Mm-hmm. My goal was to write a comedy festival show, um, called the Suburban Footballer, and enter it in the Melbourne Comedy Festival. And I was confident I could do a show, and I was confident I could do do it well because i like I, I don't think anyone knows. A battling local footballer like i do <laughs> yeah. so uh and i know comedy but i wasn't confident i could get anyone to come along and i had a bit of a chatter to a few people how could we do it and someone said um uh why don't you make a facebook page mm. and um and i saw another few similar pages that there's a guy called the grade cricketer mm-hmm. um there's a guy called the resi's footballer there's similar ones in other countries and i thought well why not why not do that build up a following and um, then I could advertise my show on that, and I would have a, mm-hmm. a group of people that I knew liked footy, liked to laugh, and then hopefully that would work. And my goal was to get to five thousand um, uh, followers, and then advertise throughout that. And yeah, it's it's about seventy thousand now, so it's yeah. just gone, it's
0: gone nuts. Yeah, well, I have mates uh, that I'd never mention it to. Why well, would I? Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have mates that play uh, Aussie rules football in my hometown, Batemans Bay, in Canberra. And they all know what the suburban footballer is without me even telling them. And then you did the live shows in Perth. Was that the first time you'd done the live yeah, show? Yeah, yeah.
1: So when I stayed, you and I stayed yeah. in Perth. And, and
0: and you basically just put one post up on the Facebook that you were touring and it sold out, didn't it? It's oh, Yeah, all four soul, yeah. shows sold out. and um, You had West Coast Eagles come Yeah, to second one. show. Because I, I used to
1: be backstage and, um, well, it, it was, I believe this is, how it happened so Shui from the west coast eagles um pretty popular player over there full name luke Shui. yeah yeah so he he started following the page quite early and it was like the second night i i got on stage and i'd always be backstage and you couldn't you couldn't see what was happening at the front and and so i i had no idea who was in the crowd and i came out and and it was only – it was a fairly small – I think it was a
0: 50s – 50-seater, 50-seater. Yeah.
1: And so it was just it – was, it was a great little room. Mm. And, um, and I've walked out and there, virtually the entire West Coast team just sitting <laughs> s- sitting in front of me. And I thought, like, oh, my God. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so my second ever show was pretty much to the, to the West Coast Eagles. Yeah. And, um, and, and I think they shared it. And even to this day I think I'm most popular in, in Perth. So if I do shows in Perth – there's, I think I, I've knocked back something like 25 clubs this year wow. in, in Perth alone. So I'm going to try and go over there a couple of times in in 2020. Um, mm. And, yeah, just do – and they're also great clubs over there. F- footy clubs are great.
0: Because since good. then your Fridays and Saturdays are basically booked out. Yeah, yeah. Haven't yeah. they? Because of that show, to do that with football show.
1: So, so most Friday afternoons I'll do some sort of President's Lunch. Mm. I'll do a – Saturday afternoon, President's Lunch, I'll do a Saturday night at a footy club and quite often a Sunday, um, like a reverse draw or or something like that. And and I've been forced to do different versions of the show. Mm. So um, it's it's, it's definitely evolved and it got to the point where I was doing a lot of – I was becoming just the suburban footballer and I was forgetting about the other stand-up. So now when I do my shows, I do the first half as myself, Mm -hmm. 40, 40, 45 minutes as myself, break. Forty-five minutes of the suburban football, mm. sort of mix it up, and so there's something for the for the girls
0: as well. Yeah, yeah, mm. excellent. Um, so you played how many games for the Caulfield Bears? Uh, roughly two two hundred and eighty. Two hundred and eighty. So, yeah. and then all that time in Wodonga, you've been around footy clubs a hell of a lot. Yeah, and you've yeah, seen, yeah, yeah. as I say, this footballer. You know, this washed-up sort of guy. Was there anyone in particular you based it on? One person, or was it just a combination of lots of different guys you'd met over the years? There was a there was a game. There was a the show was based on a game
1: that we had to win. And again, I'm as I said before, I'm not great with years, but it was a we were sitting bottom of the ladder and we were equal bottom of the ladder with another team, and we had to win. Basically, the winner it was I think second last game of the year. The winner got to stay in Division Two. The loser would get relegated to Division Three, and I was pretty sure we would struggle the club would struggle to survive if we uh, if we got relegated to division 3 and that's what this whole the original show was about that and we were i think we were down by maybe seven goals at half time and and our coach who i caught up with last night for beer actually chops he just went nuts at, at half time <laughs> and threw bottles around and went around <laughs> telling people to punch him in the head and um, and it was just one of the great great footy things i'd ever seen and yeah. and anyway we sort of struggled through the third and then just Something clicked in the last, and I think we kicked maybe seven goals to zip in the last quarter, and, <laughs> and end up winning by maybe nine points, yeah. and stayed in that division, and the club lived to fight another day, and um, and uh, so a lot of it's based on that, and another couple of speeches uh, based around a, an old coach had it with Donga Darren Deniman. He was uh, he was a, a wordsmith, and um, <laughs> he now works for the AFL, and he would he would talk about it. It was more – this is more than footy. This is about yeah. walking down the street and, you know, being able to look your mates in the <laughs> eye and it's about going to work on a Monday and, and it was all yeah. – it was just – I remember his his uh, huddles. People used to, even the opposition supporters used to come and listen to <laughs> it. <listen to, laughs> oh, it was cool. amazing, yeah. So uh, so a couple of the speeches are fairly loosely based on some of the stuff I heard from yeah. him and the rest is just from
0: stories and so yeah. forth I've heard around the traps. Mm-hmm and the show itself is—it uh, has a bit of everything. It's kind of like you're in the—you're in the sheds. Yep, you're, yeah, it's basically that the crowd is the, are, the, are the players aren't at, you? at and, the start. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So
1: it starts. The you crowd, go through your nicknames players, and, and it's pre-game, and I come out in all my gear, my helmet, my mouth guard, and I play Eye the Tiger and I do the warm-up, <laughs> and, um, and and then I just start, I, and I even, I've got my my magnet board and I run through the team and yeah. clearly we're fucked. We haven't won a game <laughs> yeah. and,
0: um, and we need to win or we're going to get, we're going to get yeah. relegated. So uh, a couple of the nicknames are very funny. Yeah, well the
1: nicknames, well that's the part that's constantly evolving because, yeah,
0: people come and tell me new yeah, nicknames. more nicknames. What, what's the best couple you've come across?
1: I like um, the, a guy they called Bondi <laughs> after Bondi Beach because he wasn't manly. Um, <laughs> That's, a, that's a, there was a there's a guy who was a full forward in the reserves and he was terrible. He played the whole year in the reserves at full forward and kicked one goal for the whole year, um, <laughs> but because the club was so shit, they had no choice but to play him. And his name was Big W because he was just a shit target, <laughs> <laughs> which is a, and, that, and that's that's a fairly new one. That's a great part about the show. It's yeah. constantly people are coming up and. Whereas I know after, after you do a gig, you see someone walk up and go, oh, you might like this one. And you're just <laughs> yeah. like, oh, Here God. We go. And you just sit through. And I, I doubt if anyone's ever used anything. Mm. <laughs> Whereas with a suburban footballer, although 90% of it's shit, um, yeah. you, are, uh, yeah, you do hear some great – and, and I, I like listening to those stories. Yeah. So I yeah, hear stuff and sometimes I
0: Few little nuggets. Yeah,
1: put a bit of mayo on it and uh, it's, it's,
0: <laughs> uh, she's in the show. One great thing you've been able to do as a result of the suburban footballer character is this year, twenty nineteen, uh, you are a big fan of Collingwood Magpies. Yes, and you were asked to go in and perform the suburban footballer. Yes, just to the players. Yep, in the sheds at in their the training sheds. ground. Yep. no one else, no other.
1: Uh the, the couple of our coach, couple a of coaches, officials, yeah. but yep. um, yeah, just the um, just the playing group, and it was pretty cool because um. Uh, so I met still side bottom at a, at a gig and we got chatting and he said, Oh mate, I'll get you down to the, get you down to the club rah, rah, rah. and, um, and they have a guest speaker every, every week the club has a guest speaker and, and I, I didn't want to just do my normal show. I'd actually done the Richmond footy club a few weeks before mm-hmm. and that went really well. I, I went in with a different, I actually wore Richmond gear mm-hmm. and I, and I came in saying I've Got an announcement. Dimmer's been sacked, and I'm taking over as coach for um, <laughs> for the finals because Dimmer's lovey-dovey styles, you know, it's it's okay in home and away. It's not going to hold water in September. <laughs> ruh, ruh, ruh. And so, still side bottom, he gave me a heap of dirt on all the players, and and it was it was dirt. It was, <laughs> <laughs> so I won't repeat any of it here, but it was very very good, very good stuff. And he's a ripping bloke. Yeah. So so I came out and I announced that that Buckley was getting sacked and, and I was taken over as coach and, um, <laughs> and he gave – and I knew all the players. So it was um, – so, yeah, I just, I just went through the team and the team I was going to run out with in the first final and um, it was pretty amazing. And funnily enough, that night, it, it was just the way it worked out. That, so I did that and it was just an amazing experience mm. and I was on cloud nine and I went, had to go back to work for a couple of hours and then from there I went straight home, had a shower and went straight back to the Collingwood Footy Club and did my show for the um for the Collingwood Pass players night, which was oh. literally every player I'd ever grew up loving. So All the players you turned oh, Star Wars all, Star all Wars figurines all, into. All of them
0: were there. Yeah. All of them were there, yeah. And
1: it was <laughs> so it was probably I think there were three hundred Collingwood Pass players.
0: When you was Dacos there, Peter Dacos? Funnily enough, Dacos was one that wasn't there. Oh no. And
1: I but I love Dake. I've got yeah. to know him reasonably well i um, done a few gigs with him and I hung a lot of shit on days <laughs> up while I was up there and everyone, because apparently he's, um, he, it's pretty rare to get him to the functions and I, right. so I brought that
0: up and did you tell him have you ever told him that you turned Luke Skywalker into him yeah yeah no, I've, the-
1: I've told him that and, <laughs> I, and I, he used to have a Peter Dacos there was a footy that he bought out and it came with a VHS and it had all these little um, these little marks on it telling you how to kick it and where to kick it to do all the different kicks and um, yeah and I and I had one of them up there and I was – because he never sended it. He always had a shot and I was like, where's the bit – where do you fucking centre it? it? And I was looking at the uh, – and yeah, saying that basically it was a hog and, and, that, and that footy was the biggest rip-off. More people, more people lost uh, money on that in the 80s than um, Pyramid. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, it was good and that gig went really well. So it was uh, – yeah, and I was hoping they would win the flag because if they won the flag, the Collingwood Football Club were going to get back all the speakers they had for the year, and that, oh. and they had business speakers, and they were going to have a big lunch for oh. us all, and yeah, and unfortunately they they lost the prelim, and I was um yeah because they,
0: was they it was the week before, wasn't it? They turned up on the wrong Saturday. Yeah, yeah it yeah. was the week before. <laughs> but their mum was very. sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, mate, well, yeah, that's that's about it for this this episode. Oh, thanks um, for having me. Long-time listener, Daniel. No, Big oh, fan of the show. Great, mate. Well, yeah, you've been pestering me to get on for a while, so we'll get true. that out of the way. Uh, but, yeah, thanks very much for taking it easy with me today. Thank you. Hey, thanks very much for listening. If you'd like to get around Tom, you can get him on Facebook. His page is called The Suburban Footballer, or Tom Seagat, The Suburban Footballer, Find that, give it a like. If you want to get him for a gig at your footy club or any sort of event, uh, just hit him up with a message on his on his Facebook page. He's very good with his responses on there. Uh, also, just keep an eye out for his book uh, coming out in the next few months The Suburban Footballer. Check that one out. If you enjoyed this podcast, please tell your friends. It'd be much appreciated. Uh, if you listened on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, send your friends there. Uh, when they're there, they could maybe leave a little like or subscribe or leave a comment, that'd be much appreciated. Uh, if you listened on Spotify, send your friends there. Also, you can uh, rate on Spotify as far as I'm aware. Uh, you can also listen on my website, danielconnell.com.au. Under the podcast section, there's another 40-odd other episodes you can catch up on. Uh, while you're on the website, may as well check out my gigs page. I've got uh, my new show, Cheese Big Ears, is coming to all the festivals in Australia in 2020. Uh, if you're in a liking mood, you can also check out my Instagram Facebook page, Daniel Connell comedy, give them a like as well, be much appreciated. Uh, that is about all. I've uh, got a couple more episodes to go for this year, uh, but that is it. Thanks very much and take it easy.